Well, I want you to turn with me to the book of Exodus again, chapter 14. Chapter 14 in the book of Exodus. We're continuing our series in the life of Moses. Moses was a dynamic deliverer for the Lord. And God has called each and every one of us to be a Moses. He desires to work in our lives just like he worked in Moses' life and produced a dynamic deliverer. God wants us to influence the realm that we have been placed in and God has given all of us a realm of influence and His plan is that we bring people into the freedom of Jesus Christ. Amen? How many would agree with me today, our nation needs deliverance? I, I've heard it so many times just recently, uh, the concern that people have about what's taking place in our nation today. And there's no doubt we need a nation to be delivered because the enemy is coming to steal, kill, and destroy from our nation. And, and just this week, something that's just unbelievable is taking place. Most of you have probably heard of the Equality Act that the House has passed. And you say, oh no, pastor's getting political. I'm not getting political, I'm getting biblical. God hasn't called us to, to sit back and to keep our mouths shut when things are taking place in our nation that are anti-God and anti-Scripture. He's called us to go forward. He's called us to use our voice. Amen? And so I, I want to I address this, the equality. Everybody's for equality. I'm for equality. Christians should be totally for equality. No matter what race, nationality, what sex, there's, there's, the Bible says there's neither male nor female in Christ Jesus. We're equal, right? But this Equality Act sounds good, but it's not. And I'm just going to give you four things about it. and You need to know this. Uh, first of all, it will make abortion a federal right. It will use our tax dollars, and it's really countering what's taking place in many of our states today because many of the states are, are putting legislation in where they are, are limiting uh, abortion or even there was some states that are trying to get it where there is no abortion. And so they're, they're trying to counter that. And the, another thing, it endangers the church. This act takes the LGBTQ group and elevates their rights above the, your rights in the church. It does. And I'm for equal rights. And I love people no matter what lifestyle they're living I love them I don't agree with that lifestyle because it's contrary to God's word it's not God's best for them but I still love them in Christ and I believe in equality but what this what this law does it's endangering the church it, because it's saying here that we can no longer hire based on our beliefs it means that, that Instead of uh, Will, Will coming, and he's going to be our new youth pastor. I've known Will for years. Mitch has known Will for years. We, we know he's a godly young man. He believes in the Word of God. 
Under this new bill, if we had an atheist come and apply for our youth pastor, we could not turn them away because they're an atheist. We could not turn them away and say, no, we're not going to hire you based on their beliefs. So it is putting their their, uh, beliefs ahead of ours or their group ahead of ours. And church, that's a fundamental right that we have in this nation. It's the freedom of religion. Amen? In other words, if I believe this is the Word of God and I want to live my life according to the Word of God, I have that right. Amen? And now they're saying we don't have that right. And I don't want to spend a long time on this, but also this, this act, it, it uh, suppresses religious freedoms. It destroys women's rights. In this act, it is basically saying there is no longer female because any male that thinks he or identifies as being a female can enter into any women's sports, can enter into any women's locker room, any women's restroom, Are you hearing that, church? That's what our government in the, in the House just passed, and now it's going to go to the Senate. We need to pray. Our nation needs deliverance. Amen? And finally, if a child, no matter what age that child is, decides they want to change their sex, the parents have no authority to say no. You can have a five-year-old, a six-year-old, it said any age, they, and they decide they want to be a girl or be a boy, and they're the opposite. Then the doctors have to go ahead and do what the child wants and doesn't even have to notify the parents. Church, this bill is from the pit of hell. They're taking away the parents' rights. They're taking away the the rights of the the church. And and so our nation needs deliverance. So I want to start there today. I want to be an agent of deliverance in our world. How about you? I want to be an agent of the love and the life of Jesus. Amen. I know what what happens when you read this word and you allow it to, to work in your heart and life. Guess what? God transforms you. Amen? Our nation needs transformation. As we begin today, I want you to look at verse 18 in chapter 13. We're going to look at that one verse before we go to chapter 14. Verse 18, this is important. So God led the people around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. What I want you to notice there is God led them into this situation. It was a vulnerable situation. God led them into a place where it was a dead end. Where on both sides, they they couldn't turn to the right, they couldn't turn to the left, they couldn't go forward because the Red Sea was there. And this is one of the, the most famous stories in the Old Testament. And it's interesting, church, when when the Old Testament writers would, would desire to speak about God's power and, and, and His miracles, they would always come to this passage and refer to it. 
So this passage tells us God is still a miracle-working God. Amen? And there are times that he will lead us into a place where we're vulnerable, where we feel like we're trapped. Now, we don't like that, do we? But God has a, has a plan. He has an intent for that. He led them. It was God's direction, his design. They, it didn't happen by accident. He didn't make a wrong turn. God led them into this cul-de-sac that was a trap as the enemy came up behind them. Now, why did God need to do that? Because God know, he knew that Israel needed the Red Sea experience. Now, I want you to think about that. God knew that they needed the Red Sea experience because they had lived the, the last 400 years, they had lived in Egypt. They were raised around that culture, that influence. They had habits that were probably Egyptian. They had the way of thinking that was probably Egyptian because that culture had influenced them. They were eating the foods, using the spices probably that, that Egypt used. So they probably even smelled like Egyptians. And God had things that he needed to remove from their lives because he was taking them into the promised land, into the land of Canaan. He was taking them into that promised land and there were things in their life that God needed to remove because he didn't want those things in their new life in Canaan. Are you with me? So when God does that in our lives, he brings us to that place where we feel trapped or we, we can't go forward, we can't go right or left. It seems like the enemy's coming right behind us. Church, we need to say, God, whatever you need to do in my life, do it. <laughs> Amen. I want any of the Egypt removed from my life. Let's look at verse 1 in chapter 14. Now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they turn and camp before Pihahiroth, between Migdal and the sea opposite Belzephon. You shall camp before it by the sea, for Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are bewildered by the land, the wilderness has closed them in. Then I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them, and I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord, and they did so. Did you hear that? That's a phrase we've, we've looked at several times in this study. God is saying, I want them to know, I am the Lord. Amen. He wanted there to be no doubt in the Egyptians' minds who was God, who was on the throne, who was in control. Amen. Today, church, our world has approximately, I, I looked it up and researched it, there's probably 100,000 different religious gods that our, our, our world serves. 100,000. It's hard to imagine that. There's probably 19 primary or prominent religions in the world. But there, if you go to various places, you'll find all these gods. Why? God created us with that emptiness inside that we need to have filled by his presence. 
Well, he intended for the creation to have a relationship with the Creator. And so we're searching and we're looking. And God is the same today. He wants all the Pharaohs, He wants all those that are trapped in Egypt to know without a doubt, there is a God. Amen. He is the God. There is no other God. Church, if we're going to see our nation impact, we have to stand strong on that truth. Amen? The Lord keeps bringing that back in this passage. The world, our, our community, our state, our nation needs to know Jesus is Lord. Amen? Now this problem that they faced in Belzephon, it, was, it had them trapped. It had them in a situation that they didn't know what to do. But God was in the plan. He had it all under control. Church, whenever we find ourselves in a situation like that, we need to know that God's still in control. Look at verse 5. Now it was told the king of Egypt that the people had fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people. And they said, Why? Have we done this, that we have let Israel go from serving us? So he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. Also he took 600 choice chariots and all the chariots of Egypt with captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with, notice this, boldness they went out with boldness church when was the last time you were bold in your faith good for you Effie God's called us to be bold in him amen Paul said I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes Amen? We're not to be ashamed of, 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 the, of the relationship we have in Christ Jesus. We're not to be ashamed that He transformed our hearts and transformed our lives. Church, we need in this day, if we're going to see a nation turn back to God, the church has to go forth in boldness. And I'm not talking about cramming Jesus down somebody's throat. But I'm talking about not being ashamed. I'm talking about being the light and being the salt. And and not being a a secret agent Christian where, where you're at work and nobody knows you're a Christian. That shouldn't be taking place, church. Are you with me? God help us not to be secret agent Christians. Let's look at verse 9. So the Egyptians pursued them, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and overtook them camping by the sea beside Pihahiroth before Baal-Zephon. Just imagine, you were one of the two million people leaving Egypt. You're in this great, glorious group of people. God is finally setting his people free. You're going to the promised land. And then you come and, and all of a sudden you see the Red Sea and it's, you can't cross it. You look to your left and look to your right. You can't go left or right. 
And you, but Moses is still saying, this is where God wants you. And then all of a sudden you, you turn and you see in the, in the distance a cloud. It looks like dust rising. And then all of a sudden you, you make out horses and make out the army. And they're bearing down on you. Every chariot in Egypt was after you. Every chariot of Egypt. You know, when you're in a predicament like that, in Texas we'd say, you're in between a rock and a hard place. Back east they'd say, you're in a pinch. But when you're in a jam, guess what? It causes things to take place in your heart and in your mind. You begin to think about what's going on, right? Can I get myself out of this? No. What can I do? What's the answer? How can I get out of this? We see in, in verse 10, And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. It's easy for us to be afraid at what's taking place in our nation. We think about our children and our grandchildren after us. What will they face? And church, I want to assure you, if they know Jesus, if they're living for Him, everything's going to be all right. God takes care of His own. He takes care of the righteous. Even when judgment comes against the nation of Israel in the Old Testament, you see God saying, it will be well with the righteous. You are not to be living in fear, but you are to say, Lord, what would you have me to do? How can I make a difference in my, in my community, wherever I am at, Lord, in our nation? Lord, we need a move of God. When you get in a jam like that, you kind of lose all your arrogance and your, and your ability to think, I've got this. I can handle it on my own. Look at verse 11. When they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Does that sound like us today sometimes? The Israelites were telling Moses in the next verse, I told you so. Look at verse 12. Is this not the word that, you, that we told you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it, for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Now church, that's an important verse. I want you to listen to that. And I want you to understand we're in that situation today. What were they saying? They were saying, I would rather be safe and be a slave in Egypt than to live in freedom and be in danger. We have people in the United States today that, are, that have that attitude. Are you with me? Come on, church. <laughs> there are those that, that say, well, 
We, we don't want to cause any commotion. We don't want anybody mocking us. We don't want anybody saying anything about the Christians. So we're just going to let our, our, our nation, we're just going to be safe and kind of just let things go. Instead of being bold, being courageous, and saying, I'm going to fight for my nation. I'm going to get out on my knees. I'm going to cry out to God. I'm going to say, Lord, we want a move of God and let it begin right here in my heart. Amen. It's not time to say, I want to stay in Egypt and be safe. And Egypt represents sin. It represents the bondage of the enemy in your life. And sometimes Christians are afraid. They'd rather just stay in the bondage in their life. I, I'm secure in this and I know what I'm, what's going to take place rather than say, no, I want freedom, even though it may be dangerous. I, I don't know about you, but I want to live in freedom. Amen? Is the church willing to rise up today? Are we willing... To be bold for Christ or are we going to play it safe? Are we going to keep our eyes on Jesus and trust Him? Or are we going to sit back and just let the world be the world? Look at verse 13. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. I love the, what Moses answers. The people were afraid. They didn't know what they were going to do. Moses addresses it. Do not be afraid. Church, we're living in the last days and we can see it all around us, but we are told not to be afraid. Amen. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. We're, we're, we know that God's got this. He says, do not be afraid. And the second thing, he says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. So many times, when we're closed in and we're in a dead-end situation, we get afraid and then we think, I've got to do something! I, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to do something! Uh, you know I'm, I'm speaking truth. That's what happens. We, I, I don't know, Lord, I, I don't know what to do. I'm trapped. The enemy's coming down behind me. I can't go forward because of the Red Sea. I can't go to the right or the left. I'm trapped in this situation. I've got to do something. And when we do something and it's not directed by God, we get ourselves into a bigger mess. Amen? We're to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will accomplish for you today, Moses said. For the Egyptians whom you see today... You shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you. And you shall hold your peace. I love that. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. God wanted them to know that He was in control. He wanted them to trust Him, not to worry, and to know that God was going to fight their battles. Church, we see where God, again, uses Moses. He has Moses stretch out his, his staff and the, and the waters part. God still uses us. But church, God wins the battle. Amen? And God was assuring Israel that you're never going to see this enemy again. 
I'm going to deal with him, and you will never have to worry about him again. How many are in that situation today? You just say, Lord, I want you to deal with this enemy, this thing that's coming behind me. I don't ever want to have to deal with this again. God was speaking this in a situation that was humanly impossible. He's saying, God is your deliverer. And Moses' advice is still for us today. Amen? I want you to look at verse 15. And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to Moses? Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. I love that. Oh, I love that. God's saying, get ready. You're not going to go to the left. You're not going to go to the right. The enemy isn't going to overtake you. I'm going to make a way where there seems to be no way. You're going forward. Amen. It's time for the church not to back down and go to the left or the right or worry about what's coming behind us. It's time for you. It's time for the church to go forward. Amen. I want to go forward in the last days. I don't want to back down. I don't want to be quiet. I want to let the world know there is a God and His name is Jesus. He is Lord of all. He's King of kings. Amen. Let's go forward, church. When God brings you into a situation personally where you feel trapped, He's saying, get ready because I'm going to make a way where you're going forward. Verse 19 and 20 say, And the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went before them and stood behind them. So it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus it it was a cloud and darkness to the one, and it gave light by night to the other, so that the one did not come near the other all that night. Wow. So the cloud of God's presence, the pillar of of cloud and the pillar of fire, it moves behind them so that the Egyptians couldn't see through the cloud. The Egyptians were in the dark and God's people had the light of His fire. And it also prevented God's people from turning and looking back and being afraid and worried about the Egyptians that were behind them. Church, don't look back. Amen. Go, get ready and go forward. Don't look back. Verse 21, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. So the wind blew all night. Why? Because it was drying out the seabed. God didn't just need to part the waters. They walked across on dry land. It would have been a mess walking through the bottom of the sea, the marshy and muddy and getting bogged down. So God had the wind blow all night and it dried out the seabed for them. Verse 22, 
So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on the dry ground, and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. Then God brought confusion on the enemy. How many have ever watched a movie or read a book and you've come across that phrase where one, one officer will say to another, confusion to the enemy. You ever read that or hear that? That's exactly what God did here. He brought confusion to the enemy. And that's my prayer. In our nation, as the enemy begins to work, whether it's in our government, locally or federal, I pray confusion on the enemy. Amen? God, bring confusion on the evil in our nation and set our nation free from it. In verse 24, Now it came to pass in the morning watch that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud, and He troubled the army of the Egyptians. And He took off their chariot wheels so that they drove them with difficulty. And the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel. Listen to this. For the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. They're getting it. (laughs) Amen? Imagine this. The army of of Pharaoh comes down and, and tries to follow Israel through the Red Sea. And God begins to knock off the the chariot wheels. Jink, jink, jink. So they're they're struggling. They can't go. The wheels are coming off. He's bringing confusion to the enemy. I love that. And the the Egyptians realize they've got a God that fights for them. Amen. I want you to know today, church, you have a God that fights for you. Amen. He fights for you against evil. He fights for you against the enemy that tries to come and overwhelm you. I love that. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians, on their chariots and on their horsemen. So, That's what Moses did. And look at verse 27. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. Verse 28. Not so much as one of them remained. And in Psalm 136 and 15, it tells us that Pharaoh was part of that. Pharaoh and all his army was wiped out at the hand of God. I want to ask you today, are you still trying to fight the enemy on your own? Are you still trying to stand all on your own? Or is your life surrendered to the one that's greater than all? This was God's plan all along. It was God's plan to bring them into this situation and it was God's plan to bring the deliverance. Look at verse 30. 
So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt. So the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and His servant Moses. I love that. Why did God bring them to Belzephon? Why did God do that? Pharaoh looked at it and he saw, what on earth are they doing? They're messed up. They don't realize they're, they're, they're coming into a trap. We're going to have them. We're going to defeat them. The enemy thinks that way. And there are times that God leads us into those situations, church. And God's got a plan. <laughs> I said, God's got a plan. Amen. It may look like to the enemy that he has us trapped, that we can't go forward, that, that he's going to defeat us. And guess what? God's got a plan. Amen. God's got a plan. I love this. Look at this. God wants to work in our lives and he wants to remove everything of Egypt out of our lives, whether it's our habits, our thought patterns, whatever it is. He wants to remove those things from our lives and he does that in this situation. But beyond that, church, listen to this. I'm about to, I'm about to close. God is setting an ambush for the enemy. <laughs> That's God's plan, church. When you're following his instructions and you come to a place that you're trapped, you can't go forward, you can't go to the left or the right, and the enemy's bearing down from behind, guess what? God has a plan and he's ready to ambush the enemy. Amen. How many want God to ambush the enemy? Lord, that's our prayer today. We pray for you to ambush the enemy. We pray for you to ambush the enemy in our nation, in our government. Lord, we pray for justice. We pray for righteousness. We pray, Lord, that you would turn this nation upside down. We pray for the fire of God to begin to pour out on this nation. Lord, we pray for revival to sweep this nation. Lord, right now we feel like we're in, in front of us is a Red Sea and we're trapped all around and the enemy's about to overtake us. And Lord, I just feel in my bones today, Lord, that you have set an ambush for the enemy. He's purifying the church. The church is going to get on fire. The church is going to rise up and we're going to be bold and we're going to go forward. We're going to go forward just like God said. Go forward. He's going to part the Red Sea for us. We're going to come through with victory and God's going to ambush the enemy. Woo! How many say that's my prayer for our nation? That's our prayer. It starts with us. We've got to believe God. We've got to surrender to the Lord. We've got to say, Lord, I'm going to follow your, your exact directions. Because in all of this, Moses always follows exactly what God tells him to do. 
Church, God has told us exactly how life works. And it's time for the church not to pick and choose what God says. It's time for us to say, Lord, I want to apply all of your word in my life. Lord, if there's anything from Egypt in my life, I want it removed today. And Lord, I want you to ambush the enemy. Amen. Will you stand with me? Worship team can come. I want to ask all of you to join me in prayer that this bill that has passed the House, this Equality Act, so-called, and I want you to call your senators, send them an email, let them know that this bill is not okay with you. We're not here to persecute anybody. We're not here to, to, to mock and to ridicule anybody and their sexual orientation. We want to love them into the kingdom of God. But we were given the freedom in this nation, the freedom of religion. And church, we need to hold on to that. I believe that God could, could use us powerfully if the church went underground. I have no doubt about that. But I want to remain free. I want to be able to preach Jesus to everyone who's watching online. To everyone that we can get into this building and fill up every chair. I want to tell them that there is one God. And He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. I want to share my testimony. I invited him as a young boy to come into my life. And he transformed my life. And I've lived for him. And I know the blessings of God. And when you determine in your life to live exactly according to his word, God's blessing is going to be upon you. Churches, as we close today, I want to ask you, or maybe you're here today and maybe you're in that cul-de-sac. Maybe the enemy has you surrounded. Maybe you feel like there's no way out. And I want you to ask, is there anything the Lord wants to remove from your life so He can take you into the promised land? And maybe you've said, yes, Lord, here I am. You've surrendered totally. You're living for the Lord. I want you to begin to move forward and believe that God's going to part that Red Sea for you. You're going to walk across on dry ground. And God's going to ambush the enemy. I want to ask our prayer team, if they would, to come forward and to come around the back of the auditorium.